Well, talking about the uh, Springbok team, Springbok coach uh, Rossi Erasmus has confirmed that Captain Siokalisi will be ready in time to lead the Springboks at the upcoming Rugby World Cup in Japan. The flank forward has been fast-tracked back into the box squad uh, following an injury layoff, which he is showing strong signs of recovery. Obviously, Sia, wonderful. No, wonderful. Like, no, no, Sia, Sia, we wanted to get off after 30 minutes. And of course, you know, we thought the intensity from Karikov. No, definitely. Sia, we wanted to put on 30 minutes and see how we lost. And then after 30 minutes, Ella asked Ella, listen, asking how he's feeling. He said, great. I really wanted to take him off the, after 30. Uh, but then Marshall also got injured. And, and, and uh, half time, I said, listen, do you want to go a little bit more? And he said, yes, he wants to go 70. And, and then after, I think, 60 or 50, you know, you could just see he was really struggling a bit. But medically, he's fine, so that's a great thing. You know? So um, uh, now I guess the next one is now to, to condition him really in terms of match fitness. We're going to try and simulate that a lot. So now I think he's good to go for the World Cup and give him some proper game time in the Japanese game. So no, in that terms, that, that's great. So sorry, I misunderstood your question. Sorry about that. And there was certainly some where we uh, had to get confirmation and some where I'd add some doubt. And, and watching the game live, leaning towards some some in my mind currently and obviously there's the selectors also in, involved and we'll make sure because you can only take so many we'll take 37 guys to Bloemfontein and and we'll work there till till Wednesday and then the guys will have um, off till Sunday and then we'll only come in uh, next week um, Monday uh, to Joe work again and, and the squad will be announced uh, the, the 26 uh, but certainly I think we've got some answers today now well, all the games is, 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 is finished now, you know, we only have the Japanese game in that, the 31 guys who's going over to Japan will take part in that game in, <laughs> against Japan and, and Cebu will make the 31-man squad. Look, the, 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 as I said during the week, this was a team put together with a lot of different combinations. You know, Kubis had 15 minutes, 1-5 minutes, 15 minutes before this game. Um, Alton has only played the first game and hasn't played since. And then Jesse and Andre certainly played a lot, but Dylan, Dylan hasn't played for the, uh, uh, us at all. And then, you know, the combination of, of Marshall and then Sia coming back, it was really a team put together with a lot of loose ends there. And, and that's the reason why I thought uh, Skulk was really the guy to try and put the, the guys together in terms of I knew there's going to be a stop-start game the trouble gelling against Argentinian team is really disruptive and, and, and it was a perfect situation or perfect storm for them to dis- disrupt us in terms of combinations and in terms of that I thought it was excellent uh, and during the week as well and especially because we, when we were in New Zealand and Argentina the things we tried there obviously he was there all the time uh, and I thought some of those things came through and he really did well in terms of trying to make the team gel in such a short space of time well, they haven't got much time left and uh, Rassi Rasmus will be naming his final 31-man squad next week, Monday. At the moment, there's a 32-man squad that have gathered in Bloemfontein as they prepare for the Rugby World Cup. And is, uh, this team is hard at work at the moment, the squad, as they uh, really get into shape. We've seen them win the uh, recent Rugby Championship and what a victory that was for the Springboks. The first time in over a decade that they picked up this title. And joining us on the line now is an avid rugby fan. He is a man that is originally from Blue Bulls country. He loves to wear his Blue Bull shirt wherever he goes. He is a rugby journalist for the yellowcap.com known as Jacques Henning. Jacques, good evening and welcome to MSW. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the time. 
Always a pleasure chatting to you, Jacques. Uh, you are a, uh, an astute man when it comes to the rugby field, uh, especially when it comes to the Blue Bulls. But tonight we're talking about the Springboks, obviously. Rassi Erasmus uh, has gathered a 32-man squad together in Bloemfontein. Um, are you happy with the current group of 32? Or is there any unlucky casualties and people and, and players that haven't made the cut? Yeah, listen, I think this um, the 32 that's, that's left over now is... Um, I think they really um, earned their stripes. I think the most unlucky guy at the moment um, is definitely Marcel Kutsia. Mm. Um, you know, to, I mean, the only injury literally that we've had in the last few months and, uh, yeah, unfortunately an injury that's ended his World Cup dreams, mm. um, which has now kind of swayed, I think, Rassi's mind um, to confusion more than anything else mm. because now he's left with a, you know, a bit of a problem as to... Who's that one guy that's got to be left out because he's only allowed to take 31 to mm. the World Cup? So, yeah, it's quite a, an interesting debate at the moment as to who's going to be that guy. Mm. Um, you know, just watching social media over the last 24 hours has been quite interesting with names being thrown around. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it seems to come down to about three names at the moment from mm. what I could see. Well, uh, it is a massive blow for Marcel Kutsia picking up an ankle injury and requiring surgery and he'll be out for the next 12 weeks. Uh, it is a massive blow for his World Cup dreams. Uh, and Warren Whiteley is also out of the equation. So do we have enough yes. cover then at number eight? Well, I think we do. Um, I think, I mean, there's still Francois Lowe that can, you know, that can play um, cover for Dwayne. Um, obviously, Dwayne is our first choice and then, you know, Francois Lowe can play six and and eight. We've got Sia that can play six and eight and mm. seven. Um, you know, there's Reynold Alsa, there's Kwaka Smith. So, you know, the, that's probably one of the big thinking um, points for for us now. I think if we, if it's coming down to what's left, uh, there's one possibility in the back, but there's possibly two in the, fr- you know, in the forwards that, of which one of them is going to go. Mm. So it's it's just interesting to to try and figure out what Rassi's mind is. You know what is what is his thoughts? Um, what what's the makeup of the team that he wants? Um, because I really think um, he was he was in a better place until Marcel got injured. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now it's a tough one for him because he's got to make a very very big call. And I know that um, listening to that interview that you just played, I actually saw the whole interview. Mm. You know, um, Rossi um, is very determined on what he wants, and he knows what he had in in or what he's got in the players. So um, at the end of the day, it's as tough as it's going to be, um, I'm sure he'll make the right choice. Mm, I think yeah. from what we've seen over the last two two months or so, <clears throat> has been really, really nice um, just to see what he's done with the team from even just a year ago, the, the change that we've seen. I mean, we, we've gone unbeaten so far this year. Mm, so yeah. that's really an impressive record for the box in recent times. There's no doubt about it. The Springboks have really upped their game and for them to win the Rugby Championship was also a massive achievement, a massive boost, a timely boost ahead of the Rugby World Cup. But there's obviously, with all the strengths they do have, there must be weaknesses. Is there any areas of concern for you that other coaches out there might want to exploit and will exploit during the Rugby World Cup? Yeah, the first one that comes to mind, and I know know, know, a lot of people will probably... Uh, give me stick about it, but at the end of the day, um, it, you know, I think Mapimpi's got a bit of a weakness on the wing, mm. um, but I don't think it's such a big problem in the sense of that it's going to be interesting to see what Rossi selects in that first game because he's got options. Obviously, I think 
I think it's a done deal um, that we can say CBC um, soon. Of course, he's going to be our number one um, winger on, on, you know, on the right-hand side um, at number 14. Mm. But then I think it's going to be a toss-up between either Mapimpi or um, Jeslin Colby. Mm. Um, I would obviously go for the latter, Jeslin Colby. I think we've seen a lot from him. I think he's, he's, um, yeah, he's a very big inspiration to the mm. team itself. And, I mean, he's just... So, yeah, you know, he's just proven... Uh, we saw him play scrum off for 10 minutes the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody expected it. I know Nick Mallet's been calling for it for ages. <laughs> and and it, it was so impressive that at one stage, there were rumours that Rossi might only take two scrum offs to the World Cup now that he knows that Chetland can actually be a pack-up scrum mm-hmm. off. But Rossi's confirmed definitely that he's taking the three scrum offs that are in the squad at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, at the moment, the wingers definitely... It's between Mapimpi, Cheslin, and um, Nkosi that will do duty for us at the World Cup. Mm. But I would, um, I would highly recommend. Well, that would be my my first choice selection would be Cheslin and Nkosi. Mm-hmm. Well, Jacques, we must be honest. It wasn't the most convincing win for South Africa or the Springboks against Argentina the other day in uh, no. Loftus Fairsfolds. And you could see it on the coach's face after the game. He was pretty upset with regards to what he had seen in that final few minutes. Who of in that team do you think has really put up their hand to say, "Listen, coach, I'm in this team and I'm going with you to to, to Japan." You know, listening to that interview that you just played. I mean, if you listen to the whole interview, mm. then um, you'd actually there's um, one area that Rossi actually spoke about it, where he said, um, as much as you know, it wasn't the best performance. I think one of the clips you just played now also he mentioned, you know, it was a team that was put together with a lot of loose ends and stuff. You know, there were there were guys there that hardly that hardly had some game time under their belts. Mm-hmm. There were a few players that had a lot of game time under their belts. So at the end of the day, um, I wouldn't take too much in what I saw on you know on the visuals. I know Rossi looked a bit upset at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a nail biter. We were lucky to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be very honest, I mean that that call at the end that went against Argentina for that intercept yeah. try. I mean, yeah, that was um, you know thankfully the the bounce of the ball went our way for once. Mm. But um and I think it was a, the right call was made, not because I'm a South African supporter, but I think the right call was honestly made. Mm. But we were lucky at the end of the day. Um and um I think with the team that was playing, um, Rassi mentions it in that interview at some stage that he knew that it was gonna be a very, very hard game. It wasn't gonna be a runaway game or anything like that. I think we as supporters had a had had expectations based on another team that we've been seeing all along. Mm. And uh, um, so it was actually a little bit unfair, I would say, to have expected a bigger win than we did have Mm. um, with the players that was put out there. But the guys pulled it off, um, which I think um, they deserve a lot of credit for. Mm. And then also, um, at the end of the day, I don't think... Yeah, there was a few players that didn't have the best day at the office. Mm. But... Mm. Um, I think Rashi's seen a lot in the last few months having the team. I think they've been together for seven or eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I think he's seen what he wanted to see. I know one of the comments he made in that press conference about Marcel Kusia was because he was asked about the fact is the 15 minutes that he only got on, on the park going to count against him mm-hmm. or, or not? And Rashi's answer was pretty straightforward. No, it won't count against him because I know his heart and another passion that he has to play Shark, I'm going to interrupt you there. We just have to go to a break and we'll have more with you after this.
Welcome back to MSW on this Tuesday evening, the 20th of August. And I'm Owen Honey standing in for Robert Marawa. And if you'd like to join us in our rugby conversation on Rugby Tuesday, you can give us a call in studio 089-110-3377 or 089-110-2000. You can also leave us a WhatsApp voice note with regards to all matters rugby on 060-584-2250. Well, we've been joined in conversation with Jacques Henning, a rugby journalist for the yellowcap.com. Uh, avid rugby fan. He's been taking us through the uh, who might be the lucky 31 that will be going over to the Rugby World Cup with the Springbok squad and we'll, we'll know about that on uh, Monday when uh, Springbok coach Rassi Rasmus makes his final announcement of that squad and there's no doubt there's a lot of people out there who would love to know who he is taking over there. This might be our one uh, more chance to get a Rugby World Cup under the belt. So we've done so twice already. Can we do it a third time? A lot of people believe so. That the time is right and this team it might be the one that does it again. Jacques, uh, thank you so much for your time once again on MSW. Well, you've been speaking to us about that uh, in the squad so far, the injuries. There is one more warm-up game against a team that we know, I guess, we don't know all that much about because they're an unknown since that 2015 Rugby World Cup loss to them. That famous 34-32, I think, was the final score Rugby World Cup loss to Japan. Obviously, concerns from Rassi Rasmus. He doesn't want to pick up any injuries during this game. But it's also a good reflection of the host nation's preparedness for the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I think it's... Look, I think um, Rassi is at the point now where it's... um, you know, he's going to go in with everything and he needs to make sure his guys are on top form mm-hmm. come that first game of the World Cup against the All Blacks. So, um, if anything, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very balanced team um, against Japan. Something, something. it won't be necessarily his full-strength team, mm-hmm. but it's his last chance to really um, just check out one or two things, you know, leading into the World Cup. Obviously, you know, we've got that first game that's against the All Blacks. And then we've got a few what would be considered, you know, minor games. But we all know what happened in 2015 mm. um, when we underestimated Japan. Mm. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I know, for instance, um, the Italian squad was um, s- selected today. Mm. And they they made it very clear that they, their goal is to beat us in the World Cup. Mm. So... Yeah, no pressure there, you know, so he's already um, got his first target on his back, you know, um, besides the All Blacks, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that's really got into a place now where, you know, we seem to have their number, and which is great for us, um, not so great for them, and, you know, they've been struggling of late, you know, with, with their combinations and stuff, which is which is obviously from a South African point of view is awesome, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, you can never write them off, so... I think Rossi's going to use that Japanese game just to make sure about one or two more things. I think we, 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 might, we might see the likes of Archie and Luet mm. um, starting again just to give them some more game time and just to make sure you know, about one or two things because I know, I know the locks have been confirmed, the scrum offs have been confirmed, the hookers have been confirmed. Rossi is, I must say, that's off to him. I think he's one of the most honest coaches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And it's one of the biggest things I appreciate of him as a coach. Mm, mm. It's really, really cool to know that I mean, on Monday the squad will be announced. But by Monday, I think the, re- the country would already know three quarters of the team, if not more. 
Uh, I think uh, transparency comes to mind when I think of uh, yes. Rassi Erasmus. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jacques, we've got some phone calls coming in. And Duma from uh, Windmill Park has unfortunately just dropped the line there. Uh, just looking at those fixtures, we open up against New Zealand and on the 21st of September at the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan in uh, Yokohama. And then we face uh, Namibia on uh, the 28th of September. The 4th of October, it's Italy. And you've just spoken about that. Uh, we've got the big X on our back as uh, they... They feel, the Italians feel, that this is the game they need to win in order to possibly qualify. They just want to beat the South Africans. Uh, we then face uh, Canada in our final group game. It is a tough group. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Canada we can't take lightly. Namibia, we know, are a very strong team no matter what. Italy also, like you said, very strong and want to beat South Africa. New Zealand, it is a difficult group to qualify from. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. Look, I mean, all the groups are tough, but mm. there's <laughs> the toughest group is England, um, England, France, and Argentina. That's, yes, that's really yes. the group of death. Mm. Um, look, I mean, I want to say it should be a given that it should be us and the All Blacks that go through to the, you know, through the through to the knockout rounds. Mm. But like I, like like we both touched on it, we saw what happened in 2015 mm, mm. with that Japan mishap, and we can't afford something like that again. We need to make sure. If we are going to lose any game, it should only be the all-black game. Mm. And I, I know for a fact, Rashi will not go into that game even thinking of losing. Mm. So mm. at the end of the day, um, I, I don't even recall a team that's yet won the World Cup losing a match. Yes. So, But I think this year I could see things change because there's, I mean, six teams at the end of the day, day that, that's got a very good chance of lifting the you know the cup at the end of the tournament. Mm. Mm. So uh, things might just change this time around. You know, there might be a lot of things. There's that other thing where a lot of people are saying, you know, no team has ever won the World Cup in the same year of winning the Rugby Championship <laughs> or the Tri-Nations back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I know for a fact, Rashi went out of his way. He wanted to win the Rugby Championship. Mm. He's done it. Mm. Now you kind of wonder, is it almost like that, you know, at Augusta, you know, the Masters past three contests, no one's ever won the... <laughs> You know, are we going to look at it that way? I know yeah. a lot of the South African boys have said, you know what, this is rugby, not mm. golf. We're not worried about stuff like that. Um, so there's always a first in sport, and that's what that's what I love about sport. Mm. You and I would love to see uh, the Springboks win this Rugby World Cup and 58 million other South Africans, obviously. But Indeed. you just spoke about six other nations that could possibly lift uh, the Rugby World Cup. I mean, Wales, right at the top of that list, I guess, if not just below the, the Springboks. They are the number one world side, just uh, recently taking that spot from the All Blacks. They definitely put their hand up for contention. They have, and funny enough, um, now the stories are already surfacing. If Ireland um, beat England this weekend, then they take the number one oh. spot. And the All Blacks even drop another spot further down to number three. Wow. I mean, where in our lives did we ever think the All Blacks would be number three in the world? So it's actually a joke at the moment, the world rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think one should look at the world rankings at this stage and read anything into that. Mm. At the, like I always say, the world rankings has only one meaning at one stage in a four-year four cycle, and it's really to determine who gets what, who gets top spot um, and second spot in the in, in the in the draw for the Rugby mm, World mm, Cup. Mm. That's really what it boils down to. Other than that, in my opinion, world rankings actually don't mean anything other mm. than that. So, but Wales, yes, they are definitely one of the contenders. Um, they've been showing immense form. They've 
they just lost a run of 14 games mm. um, you know, the weekend before last, and they lost to England, but then they took it back again. So yeah. they, you know, um, it's interesting. How are they going to, how, how will they perform away from home though, mm. you know, in a neutral, in a neutral environment? Mm. Um, same for Ireland. Ireland is, you know, a lot of people, a, a year ago, Ireland was probably the, the most um, talked about team you know, um, until you know, until the Six Nations this year, mm. in Wales took it away from them. So, um, yeah, they're going to be up there. England's going to be up there. I think those are the three, three Northern Hemisphere teams. You know, that are in contention for yeah. this. And then, obviously, oh, I shouldn't say obviously, but yeah, <laughs> you know, New Zealand, South Africa, and then you know, Australia is that dark horse that always sneaks through. And I actually want to just add France for the for yeah. the fun of it because yeah. I mean, I saw them play this weekend. And Jacques Brunel has got rid of a few serious guys in that team, mm-hmm. and he's rebuilt that team. And they played this weekend. Yes, they played against uh, you know not a not a great. Um, uh, it was Scotland that played, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, they just came out of a tra- training camp, so they you know I think they've been grilled a bit. Mm-hmm. So you know they weren't at their best this weekend. They're playing the reverse fixture. It's going to be interesting to see how they turn it around. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think if there is a real dark horse, it's always France. But uh, the six guys for me is those Ireland, Wales, England, and then New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia in no particular order. Mm. The, the other thing we need to look at is the Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere battles. I mean, that has yeah. always been a big contentious issue with the different styles of play that both uh, hemispheres bring to the game. Uh, the refereeing also will be a major yeah. determining factor in the way the games are read and uh, refereed, I guess. Uh, is that going to be a contentious issue once again? We've seen it in the past crop up, the refereeing being very different with Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere referees calling the game different. Do you think it might be an issue at the Rugby World Cup? Look, I would. I want to be, I want to be that guy that says, no, it's not going to be. But I think if we look at what's been going on in rugby across the board, not just in the Northern or Southern Hemisphere, um, I mean, we played an end-of-year tour where we had a Southern Hemisphere referee um, call the match between us and England. We saw what happened. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't think I have to go into that old debacle <laughs> of Owen Farrell. <laughs> um, then we, then there's always that debate about the French referees. I think South Africans, uh, and I actually want to make a bit of a statement here tonight, and I just want to say South Africans need to start relaxing. We, we mustn't judge guys just because of something that happened in the past. Mm. Um just a good example, Ramon Poit, who's the yes. biggest culprit in South African <laughs> eyes. You know, he's going to be one of the refs that's involved with some of our games. Yeah. And um, he's proven, uh, it was interesting, before we played Argentina to win the rugby championship, they're in Argentina. People were already going, oh, this, this, this and that, Ramon Poit, Poit, Poit. And then um, I actually did a bit of homework and I found out that he's, at that stage, um, before that match, he had blown 11 matches where South Africa was involved, of which mm. we had won seven games. Oh. That record has obviously now changed. It's now 12 games, and we've won eight under mm. under his guard. Mm. So mm. the thing is, because of one incident that happened quite a few years ago, yeah, we, you know, as, as for South Africans, we're very patriotic, and we don't like anybody messing with the box. Mm. But we need to, you know, come to a point where we give a ref a chance, and if something then happens, then, oh, well, so be it. But at the end of the day, Rugby's playing with an open ball, and as they sometimes say, it's the, it's, it just depends on the bounce of the ball. Mm-hmm. 
The leadership in the team, uh, Sio Kalisi, is confirmed now that he will go and lead the Springboks over in uh, uh, Japan. That is a major part. He's played his part thoroughly with the Springboks, even through injury. Uh, he's been a fantastic leader, but there are other major leaders within this team. Just take us through some of them that have put their hand up, and Rassi does rely on quite a bit to lead uh, the team on the field. Yeah, look, I mean... Uh it's obviously Sia is going to be there now. We, you know, he got through everything as you mm. just mentioned. Um, I think you know, next in line for me is obvious. It should be well. It is Dwayne Vermeulen, yeah. and I think he did a very good job against All Blacks and Argentina. Um, I think Andre Pollard is also considered one of the leaders. Mm. Um, I, I, I actually think he might be the vice captain under Sia, mm. um, because I see it seems like Rossi likes to have a have a leader in the front and at the back. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I could be I could be wrong there. But um, Andre is definitely, definitely a leader. Mm. And, I mean, you know, then there's quite a few other guys that are senior players. I mean, Scott Pitts was captain now yes. this weekend. He's obviously considered a senior player, not really based on his age, mm. but, you know, on a lot of factors that, you know, that, he's, that he brings to the team. Um, and, the, you know, Luther Jager, you know, I think we've got like five or six if not seven captains in the Bok team mm. coming out of Super Rugby. Mm. Um, just if you go through the names, I mean, you work from the front, you've got Luat, the Yachter, Eben Etzebeth, Peter Steff, the Toy, Dwayne, um, Handre, Sia. Mm. I mean, that's already five names, you know, and you can, if you can look on further, you probably find one or two more there. So, you know, Rice has got a leader, leadership corps that is really, really strong. Mm. And I think the guys really work well together as well. Mm. This Rugby World Cup, do you believe we're going to lift it? The Web Ellis Cup? I really want to believe it. I think I've been, you know, I've always been a believer in the box, no matter how bad it went. I know, I'll be honest, under Alistair, I didn't think we should even go to the World Cup. But um, Russia's really turned the ship around. Mm. Not, you know, I'm not trying to discredit Alistair at all, but I'm just... Mm. You know, the proof of the puddings in the eating, we've all seen it as well. Mm. Um, what Rassi's done in literally almost two years' time, you know, um, he only took over the team last year. So in fairness, it's almost actually just over a year that he's had with the team. And I think he's done really, really well. Not just the team alone, but to turn South African supporters' hearts mm. into a positive um, going into this World Cup where actually for once in a long time, I think the percentage of people really supporting the box in a positive way has turned around, which is great. Mm. Um, I want to believe that we are going to make the final. Mm. And I think if we make the final, we have we have that character and everything as South Africans in that team mm. to go all the way. We've done it before and we can do it again. And funny enough, it seems like we've got a 12-year cycle that's running, winning World Cups, <laughs> and we're back there again. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of those superstitious kind of guys, but yeah, let's let's see. Maybe 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 it is one of those things, and we're third time lucky, and we can also have three, yep. you know, three trophies on our sleeve that's by it. the end of um, October. Jacques Henning, thank you so much for your time this evening. Rugby journalist from theyellowcap.com. Uh, and let's hope that your, your maths, your 12-year cycles uh, does come true and the Springboks do lift the trophy once again in Japan 2019.
Thanks, Owen. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Jacques Henning, rugby journalist from theyellowcap.com. Yes, they won it in 1995. They won it again in 2007. And let's hope that 2019 brings a good omen for the Springboks as they head over to Japan for their Rugby World Cup encounters. There'll be more after this. We first head to the news.